Okay. 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 I think it's gonna be a good day. Homie got the nine in the glove and he don't play. Had a lot of hard times, but it's okay. 101 on the four five, OJ. I think it's gonna be a good day. Homie got the nine in the glove and he don't play. Welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, once again to my podcast, 24's Podcast, the best video gaming and sports podcast on the entire internet. You may be asking me a simple question, 24, are you still on that no pressure shit? Yes, I am! I think after, uh, hold on, pause music. I think I'm going to be on like my third time listening to the album. Once I, because I, because Logic had a release party for uh, his album, so I was like, I'll watch that, and then I had some work to do, I had some stuff to do, I had responsibilities to do, and I handled them, and it was late at night, it was like 11 o'clock on Thursday, and I didn't get to catch kind of the beginning and then the end, and I'm watching a rebroadcast with it, because once again, uh, he didn't put it on his Twitch channel. He didn't put the VOD on his Twitch channel. So now, now it's like I gotta go over to YouTube and find it, and I wanted to see it. I wanted to see all of it, but you know, I, I couldn't. So, let me try and find it right now. I'm pretty sure it's still not there. Yeah, he, he still doesn't have it. So, it's like I, I have to watch it on YouTube, which it's not a problem. So, once I listen, once I watch like this this 18 plus minutes left of the video I'm gonna have completed no pressure for like the third time I bought the CD version of it I can't wait for it to come here but you're probably not here for any of that stuff play the song ladies and gentlemen got a very very interesting podcast it's all about Des Bryant and pretty much why he's not on an NFL team and why the Dallas Cowboys two years ago got rid of him cut him didn't even like renegotiate his contract and he was willing to by the way i was watching some of the material uh that i had had planned to kind of go in raw like i wanted to go in i like kind of going into situations raw and not knowing what's going to happen and coming out the other side the victor because i am well prepared but this case i was like there's way too much content there's way too many arguments there's way too much stuff going on i want to be familiar got myself familiar familiarized and as I was getting familiar, I was like, this guy isn't necessarily honest. He's honest in some stretches, but not completely honest. We're going to talk about Des Bryant, why he's not a cowboy, why he's not on an NFL team right now, and much, much more right here, ladies and gentlemen, on 24's Podcast. I think it's gonna be a good day. Homie got the nine in the glove and he don't play. Had a lot of hard times, but it's okay. Awesome stuff by That's my guy. That's why you know, logic. That's my guy. You're not fucking with logic, I don't know who you fucking with. <laughs> Happy that he got the life that he always wanted. So by the way, it's uh, it's one of those days where it's mid-afternoon, and uh, it's hot as balls outside. So guess what? Uh, you you'll hear fans blowing on, uh, blowing on and stuff like that. And I apologize for that. So a couple of years ago, 
Des Bryant got released by the Dallas Cowboys. Got released by the Dallas Cowboys. Everybody was like, what? You can't do that. Des Bryant is a good football player. Some people said that. Most people were like, eh. Eh. It's not necessarily the case. So, I think a couple of days ago, actually it was yesterday on Sunday that I prepared this exercise. By the way, I have no idea when I'm releasing this podcast just because, like, I, I don't know. I, like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I'll probably release it Thursday, but I'm recording this Monday because I was like, I have some free time. Let me get this done and out of the way so that way I can kind of, like, do some other stuff or not worry about it more specifically. So a couple of years ago, everybody was like, well, Des Bryant, you know, he's getting, like, he, he got released by the Cowboys, blah, 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 blah. Like, what are the Cowboys going to do about it? things of that nature, and they would have this uh, so-called Dak-friendly offense, which was not Dak-friendly at all, and then they went out, they traded a first-round draft pick for Amari Cooper, and the rest is history. But in this particular circumstance, in this particular, uh, you know, uh, situation, you got Dak Prescott, and not Dak Prescott, but a lot of people two years ago, specifically Akoye Media, saying it's on Dak. It's Dak Prescott's fault. It is not the fault of Des Bryant that he could not separate. Now, first and foremost, when we're talking about two years ago with Dak versus Des, Dak, I will admit, significantly worse as a thrower of the football than he is currently today. Right? But what I bet on with Dak Prescott, and the bet paid off, I bet on this guy is going to improve his mechanics, and he's going to become a, a, a pocket passer in this league. And what did Dak do? He improved his mechanics, his throwing motion. He improved uh, his ability to go through his progressions. I think John Kitna helped him out a lot with that. And he has become a pocket passer. This whole notion that Dak Prescott needs to run with the football, I think is like the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard of in my entire life. Literally, he doesn't do, need to do that at all. But a lot of people are, you know, making claims like, oh my God, Dak Prescott, he needs, to, he needs to run more. He needs to, you know, he needs to, like, let's run the read option. And it's like, why would you want, like, imagine if you said that to Peyton Manning, right? Imagine you were like, hey, Peyton, um, we know you had over 4,000, not like we don't we know you almost had 5,000 yards but you know what you really need to start doing you really need to start running the football all right like imagine if you said that shit to Peyton Manning it's like no doesn't need to run are you kidding me it's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard of in my entire life so what happened two years ago and why is all this stuff relevant well I got some workout videos of Dez and all that good stuff, and I have uh, the Akoye Media videos, which it's like, in total, he released like somewhere close to like an hour. Yeah, like an hour's worth of videos. Probably a little bit more um, about like Dez Bryant and stuff like that. Like it's, it, it's, it's, it's ridiculous to me. It's like, if your point was already proven, you wouldn't need to go so to such an extent. Like, I spend an hour on some stuff, and then I'm done, right? 
I'll never bring it up again. But for him to just constantly release like video after video, it's like if you're gonna release a video, make it one hour and then be done with it instead of having like all of these like freaking freaking videos talking about it. So what he's showing is from Des Bryant from the 2017 season is he's showing um, all of the incompletions from 2017. Tough catch, yeah, right. And he's he's narrating over the top of it, and he also puts like subtitles. Like the first clip that he has is um, Dak making a nice throw to Des Bryant, and he says, "Okoye Media says tough catch, good defense." It's like when you look at it in real time, and even in slow motion, in and out of his hands, uncatchable on number two. Yeah, he throws it way too high. On the third catch... I don't know what Des was doing. I'm not going to narrate over all this stuff. But as I started to look through, I started to see Dak had some deficiencies as a thrower. And I was like, oh yeah, that's just from him being inexperienced and a second-year player. And he also brought... And I also saw like some weird things. like He was talking about Dak going through his progressions and how he wouldn't look towards Des's way. And it's literally the scheme of the offense. Sometimes to look towards Dez's way. Other times it's to look towards the other way. The opposite side of the football field. And then there was a lot of times where I just saw Dez just not beat the coverage. And then drop passes. Like on this play against the Giants. He has, I think, Janoris Jenkins beat on the inside. And it's literally in and out of his hands. Saw that a lot as well. And then on top of that with his throws not his throws but with the specific catches that Dez is known for catching what are they they are back shoulder fades explosive route catch not explosive route excuse me explosive um athletic plays right back shoulder fades you know they're showing he's showing the uh, Arizona Cardinals touchdown where Dez like I remember Okoye said that he ran through like four people and then like no he didn't run through four people he got pushed, which I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but he's like, Okoye was like, he juked through like four people. That, no, he just freaking ran into dudes, and then he got pushed by Travis Frederick. And uh, not to say that it's a, it's a great play, but it's like, come on. He didn't run through four people. So he's showing all these highlights, and he's proving like it's not on Dak, it's on Dez. Once again, I'll admit, Dak was a little bit under- uh, underdeveloped as a quarterback at this point in his career. But Okoye even says it later on in the video. He's like, what does the Dallas Cowboys run? What type of offense do they run? Well, they run an offense where they use their wide receivers to go up the field. They run verticals is what I'm trying to say. And that's exactly what you would see with Dez. Now, the issue is Dez would usually be the guy that would run verticals, like deep, deep, deep routes. And the issue with Dez running deep, deep, deep routes is that he requires a specific type of throw to be open, right, down the field. I love how, like, on the uh, the 12th incompletion that he shows with Dez, he says Dez had no shot. And it's like, yep, you want to know why he had no shot? Because he had no separation, at all, whatsoever. Dak horrendously overthrew him, but he also had no separation. Let's just be honest about it. On number 14, no shot. 
Yeah, I'll give you that. He's showing a lot of the Rams plays as well. Which Dak to Dez, I, I, I don't know what was going on with these guys, man. On this game, on some of these games. Number 18, no shot. He looks. He had a shot. That's a back shoulder fade. Dez was running a go. Dak threw a fade. Of course, of course he had a shot. Then he's showing the pick six against Seattle. You get the point. There's some good and bad from Dak. There's some good and bad from Dez. But a lot more from Dez. Especially when you don't just look at the incompletions. You look at the entire game tape as well. In comparison to just the incompletions. And you get the, the broader picture when it comes to this. Now, when it comes to Dez, when it comes to route running, when it comes to watching tape and all this other stuff... You cannot just watch one piece of tape. You can't just tell me, oh, in this game or at this specific time of the year, Dak, or not Dak, but Dez ran this specific route, and, you know, that proves that he can run it against every team any time of the year. Because that's, that's not the case. Dez can run specific routes at specific times, and that's it. as I continue to watch these incompletions run. So, let me, um, and he also shows this, this play, it's number, it's number 22. It's a good ball to Dez. He has a separation, but I don't know what's going on. Even's like, I think Dak wanted him to go up the field, right? I don't know what it is. I think he wanted him and Dez just stopped on the route. And even Dez is, like, pointing at him. Dez is in, he's pointing at himself, and he's like, that's on me. I should have gone up the field. I'm watching the tape with the Green Bay game. Should have caught that. And also, Okoye, what he mistakenly does constantly throughout this video, that, that's, that's the type of ball that... Hold on, let me, let me talk about 23. What Okoye mistakenly does is he, he sometimes, like... And, and I've watched, like, almost an hour of his videos, keep in mind. What he mistakenly does is he doesn't properly define what is a high ball and what is a low ball. Because he shows, like, clips of Tony Romo throwing the ball low, but he doesn't deem it a low ball. He's Like, he's showing, like, hey, this is what happens when Tony Romo and Des Bryant worked together. And then when Dak throws pretty much the exact same pass, he's like, oh, that's a low ball. That's uncatchable. And the same thing goes here, where Des, is the ball thrown behind him? Yes. Uh, but he's got to catch that. And that's not even Dez, that's Terrence Williams. But again, he's got to catch that. Like, if it hits your hands, the ball should be caught. In my opinion. This ball, number 23, this is the exact ball that you would want to see Dez Bryant, like, catch and make. Right? Is the ball a little bit too high? Yes. He gets a hand on it. But this is, that, that high point fade... Where Dez is, is, is essentially supposed to post up a dude, this is what you want. It's not uncatchable. Sorry, Okoye. It's not uncatchable. A lot of these high and low balls that you're talking about, they're un- they are catchable. Maybe not 24, ironically enough. They are catchable. They are the types of footballs that Dez would make later on, or not later, but early on in his career. And the issue is, Dez lost his athleticism going forward. 
in his career. It wasn't like, okay, Dez and this pass interference call. Yeah, that's, that's it on 26 or 27. I don't remember what it is. But the issue is, if Dez can't go up and out-muscle and out-physical and out-jump people, then guess what? He is not the same player because is he a good route runner? No, he's not. What is the excuse this time? Okay, holding penalty. He was wide open. Dak hits him right in the hands and Dez doesn't catch the ball. Like, I, I, I don't get it. Like, this isn't, this isn't good. This doesn't look good to me. And what a lot of people mistakenly did who defended Dez in this circumstance and, and these scenarios with Dak versus Dez and stuff like that and who's to blame and who's not to blame is that a lot of people forget, once again, and I'll admit it, Dak Prescott is or was a underdeveloped quarterback, which is why I'm not like exploding on Dak. And he's showing preseason tape. This is preseason, right? Yeah, this is preseason. Why are you showing preseason footballs? Or, or um, like, tape. This doesn't even count. This is preseason, right? Oh, no, no, no. This is Thanksgiving. I was like, I'm like, isn't this preseason? No, it's, it's Thanksgiving. I'm like, why is the stadium locked in and loaded on, on, on the preseason? Like, there's, like, hundreds of thousands of people there. I'm like, okay, it's, it's, it's Thanksgiving. It just looks like preseason. What was the excuse there? Yeah, again, that is a play that you would want Des to catch. And he's number 27, he says, good D. And this is all of the incompletions that Des Bryant had in, uh, in 2017. By the way, if you're wondering how many incompletions he had, he had uh, in, in, in 2017, I think he had like 60-something. He was throwing the ball like 130-something times. 132, and he caught 69. That is 50%. That is below average. And this ball right here, that wasn't good defense. Guess what? That is a catch. That is a ball that Dez is known to make. Bang. Bang. You just got to freaking out physical the guy, right? Because that's what Dez is all about. And I love how Okoye says that Dez has elite level athleticism. But then I see plays like this against Casey Hayward where all Dez has to do is come down with the ball. Is it a tough ball to catch? Yeah. But guess what? This is, these are the types of passes that Dez made in 2014 that made him infamous. And it's like Dak even throws sometimes perfect back shoulder fades. And guess what? He doesn't come down with the football. And, even, and he has like one pass interference call with defensive holding. But guess what? Right in the hands. In and out. I can do this forever. And once again, it's like, and I love how, again, the narration is um, on, on one of these catches or one of these incompletions is a bang-bang play. But once again, it's the type of throw that Dez wants or um, wants to make. It's the back shoulder fade in the red zone. And it's like, you got to catch that one. You got to go up and make a play. I don't know what he's doing. And he even sees that the ball is released. And all he's got to do is put hands on Darby. Kind of give him a slight push off and get up and go it. Get up and get it. And Dez tries to go up the field and he just misjudges where the ball is. And this is what you see time and time again with Dez. I remember the, the Pittsburgh Steelers play. 
where Dez is expecting the back shoulder fade and Dak throws the out route. Dak or Dez has, has outside leverage. Dak throws the outside leverage instead of throwing the inside because there's a corner on his inside hip instead of the outside hip. And if, if he goes outside, if he looks outside instead of looking inside, the ball is there, would have been caught. Same play here. He just misjudges the ball. Instead of going up and jumping up and getting it, he tries to run past Darby. And I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't get what he's doing. It's like, go up and grab it. I have no idea where Dez is going. Yeah, but you may ask me, well, 24, what does this have to do with what he's doing today? Well, look at his workout videos. I got one. I got like three or four pulled up right now. I, so I'm watching Dez kind of just run with this weighted backpack or whatever, or not uh, backpack with this what is it? This weighted flak jacket. I'm watching him in the gym. Now I'm going to watch him with Dak. And one thing I'll, I will say is Dak with Dez, when he like threw him 130-something balls, Dak was probably at his worst. Probably at his worst. I wasn't even close. Amari Cooper. If I kind of just look up Amari Cooper's. <clears throat> stats here. How many how many attempts did he have with Dak? He's never had Dez's receptions. Or not receptions, um targets. He had with Dallas 76 and he caught 53 in 2018 and then he had 119 and caught 79, which is still a 66% like catch percentage which is incredibly high like if you're over 60 percent you're doing something right if you're below 60 you're doing something wrong but when i look at des now running his routes doing the things that you know that you would think that a wide receiver would do um it's not it's not it's not good and i saw this and I kind of got lured into this because I was like, you know what, I like I'm, I, I kind of dropped in, not dropped in, but um, I kind of bought in on the hype. I was like, oh man, Des, he's back, right? He's back. But then I compared his like workout footage with that of like a CD Lamb. Now keep in mind, Dak and Des were working out because they're working out in like the same facility. I don't know what it is. I think it's like the A01 or whatever it's called that facility. They're working out, and I was like, oh, okay, this kind of looks interesting, and it's the exact same routes that he ran in Dallas, except he's combining some out routes here and there, bang, some slants, bang, but what I saw from Dez was like the exact same stuff that you would see from Dez, but then I looked at Amari Cooper, not Amari Cooper, I looked at C.D. Lamb. Right now, CD Lamb is a rookie. CD Lamb is like 21, and I think CD Lamb is already a better route runner than Des. Like you look at what he does 
when it comes to his footwork. And you can't even tell me like, oh, you know, it's the system, right? And I'll I'll give I'll give Dev Dez some credit in the sense of how they used him. They used him very very like simplistically. However, when it comes to off-season work, right? The team doesn't work with you in the off-season. Well, te- well technically they can But most players, most of the great players, they have their own specialists. They have their own guys that they work with when it comes to uh, off-season workouts, right? Dez, or not Dez, but CeeDee Lamb, he works with some guy in Houston. Dak works with Tom House. Everybody has their own guys. With Dez, though, or not even with Dez, but with CeeDee, CeeDee works with a footwork specialist. And like in his first year... He's already working with him. He's already training. He's already preparing. And his footwork already looks better than Des Bryant's. It just, just is. Speaking of C.D. Lamb, uh, Dallas Cowboy rookies and other rookies and veterans around the league, apparently they're supposed to be reporting for training camp. I'm not really going to talk about training camp at all for the next week, probably, because training camp, it's just COVID test, testing, excuse me. That's all it is. So it's like there, there's really nothing to report. If there's anything to report, I'll let you know. But for the most part, it's just testing. So Dez doesn't work on his footwork in the offseason. And he doesn't work on route running in his offseason. And Amari Cooper said something interesting. He said, you know, I like to give guys different looks whenever I'm running specific routes. I like to run specific routes on um, on the inside and on the outside. So in the slot and outside of the numbers. And I like to give guys different looks. And Dez sometimes was lined up in the slot. And he was also lined up on the outside. On, on, out, excuse me, outside the numbers. But the issue is, is that he wouldn't give different guys different looks. And it's not just about the incompletions. You can't just look at the incompletions and be like, well, here's Dez um, being open. It's not just about that. It's also about being open when the quarterback can see you. And Okoye talked about, once again, he's like, well, you know, he's he's open here, but Dak isn't looking at him, right? I don't know what's in, in Okoye was like, I don't know why Dak doesn't read the entire field. And it's because his back is turned to the other side of the field. It's how quarterbacks throw the football. It's how they go through their progressions. They have their back to the opposite side. It's the same thing with left-handers. It's like you can look at both sides of not both sides, but you can both at both types of quarterbacks, both right-handed and left-handed quarterbacks. Their 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 backs are going to be turned to one side of the football field. Which is why it's important for most right-handed quarterbacks to have a good left tackle. Because that way, the left tackle can protect the quarterback's what? The quarterback's blind side, right? So when you put all this stuff together, Whenever people are like, well, Dak sucks, or Dak sucked two years ago, or whatever, I'll, I'll admit it, he had some deficiencies and things of that nature, but Dez still has those same problems. He still has those exact same problems. And that's been my problem with Dez, really, for the longest of times. And it's like I still, I freaking, like, still see the same issues, man. I'm like, oh, he's, he's still the same player. I still see the same problems. But the two, and you know, he's practicing the back shoulder fade and everybody's like, wow, like Dez is really, Dez is really 
he's back, you know? Because he goes over somebody and he catches it and stuff like that, but it's the exact same stuff. 2016, I was like, how many wide receivers would I take over Des Bryant? I kind of did this exercise on Sunday. I was like, how many wide receivers would I take over him? Back in 2016. Not 2017 where Dak was, uh, where, where I think Dak got a little bit exposed in some areas, in other areas, I don't think so. But back in 2016, how, would, how many wide receivers would I take? And I did it off the top of the dome at first, but then I really started to struggle because I couldn't keep track of guys that I had said and guys that I didn't say. Then I was like, well, let me write it down and let me actually like do some research and not try to do it off the top of the dome. So then I went on to Google. I typed in the team names and then I went back and then I had to like look up certain wide receivers and stuff like that. And I was like, what, what, was, what was this guy doing at this point in time? What team did he play for? There's a lot of wide receivers, by the way, and I'm going to also have in another category of a player. Now, Dez, what he does well, or used to do well, more specifically, was be extremely athletic. He could jump high. He could bully people physically. But after all that, he kind of didn't do anything else. He is, a, he is not a great route runner. He did not have great hands. And um, he cannot consistently give quarterbacks the looks that you would want to see a wide, from a wide receiver, from a Des Bryant. Especially a young guy. And I wrote, an, not a, wrote, but I read an article from Mina Kimes, and she was detailing, like, why the back shoulder fade is kind of a route that is not used primarily today in, in, in the NFL. And it's just a very fucking hard route to run and then catch. And it's a timing route. And then on top of that, you have to have a dude that's physically gifted to catch the damn ball. Dez was one of those guys, but now he kind of isn't. It's a combination of things. So, wide receivers in 2016 that I would take over Dez Bryant. Strap yourself in because it's a long one. Uh, Michael Thomas is a long list. Michael Thomas, Tyreek Hill, Mike Evans, DeAndre Hopkins, Julio Jones, Odell Beckham Jr., Antonio Brown, T.Y. Hilton, A.J. Green, Devontae Adams, Deshaun Jackson, Amari Cooper, Stephon Diggs, Demarius Thomas, Doug Baldwin, Brandon Cooks, Julian Edelman, and Adam Thielen. You may be asking me, 24? How many wide receivers is that? Let's count. That is 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. So he's not in the top 10. 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. 18 wide receivers in 2016. Now, that was in no particular order, just in case if we're not clear on that, because I don't want people to be like, you think that Tyreek Hill and Mike Thomas were the best wide receivers in the league in 2017? Or 16, excuse me? No, I do not think so. I do not think they were the best wide receivers in the league. But they were better than Des Bryant. Do I need to explain most of this list? I don't think so, because I think it's pretty obvious. I mean, 
Mike Thomas is better than Des Bryant. Uh, Tyreek Hill, better than Des Bryant. Mike Evans, I mean, he's a younger, I think, bigger version of Des Bryant who is a lot more consistent because he doesn't have injuries. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, he's one of the best wide receivers in the league, and he has been for the past 10 years. DeAndre, uh, uh, I already said DeAndre Hopkins. Julio Jones, no questions. Don't even need to respond to that. Odell Beckham Jr., same thing. Antonio Brown, same thing. Don't even need to. No, I don't even need to explain why they're better than Dez. You should already know this. Uh, T.Y. Hilton, I think he's a guy that is uh, that you that I may get some pushback by or on. In 2016, like if you watch Colt football in 2016, you would see this guy, T.Y. Hilton, number 13, flash across your screen consistently. He is a he is a good route runner with great hands. Is he you know this guy that can catch the back shoulder fade? I don't know if they even throw the back shoulder fade in Indianapolis. I don't think they need to throw the back shoulder fade in Indianapolis. T.Y. Hilton is one of the best wide receivers in the league, and he has been for like the past ten years. He just plays for the Colts, and the Colts uh, without Manning and Luck being injured all the time, like. They've kind of fallen off just a little bit. By falling off, I think that they're not as exciting as they once were a couple of years ago, which is why a lot of people don't pay any attention to him. T.Y. Hilton's great. A.J. Green, I may get some pushback by or on, but he has been, once again, like T.Y. Hilton, one of the best wide receivers in the league. He plays, once again, for the Bengals, which suck, but I think he's one of the best wide receivers in the league. That's why I think at, like, 30 years old, the team franchise tagged him because they're like, he's, he's still great. This year, they franchise tagged him this year. I think he was out because of an injury this season. But he's been consistently one of the best wide receivers in the league. Devontae Adams. He was playing, I think, by the way, most of the wide receivers that I just listed were 1,000-yarders during that uh, 2016 season. Even Mike Thomas, who came in as a rookie, by the way. But Devontae Adams, Packers wide receiver, some people are going to be like, well, it's Aaron Rodgers that makes him. I don't think so. Even with, for example, um, them missing a whole bunch of guys, them not really having a, a great selection of, uh, of of wide receivers past uh, Devontae Adams and Jimmy Graham kind of, kind of getting just older and not really being what he once was, he's still consistently great. They always put the number one corner on him. He's always the guy that you have to worry about. Devontae Adams, also he had 1,000 yards, by the way, in that 2016 season. Devontae Adams is a great wide receiver. Same thing goes with Deshaun Jackson. Deshaun Jackson, at that point in his career, was still a fantastic wide receiver for the Washington football team. He was uh, he had 1,000 yards, and he's a burner, which is really, really hard to do, to be so consistent while also being able to take the top off the defense. And some people, they love to just be like, well, he's fast, just throw the ball um, uh, down the field, and it's, it's not how that works because they'll just put a, a safety over, a top, over the top and they'll just play – some type of zone man-to-man defense with you, and they'll like they'll just stop you. That's exactly what the Patriots did. They double-teamed Tyree Kill for the entire game, and they 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 dominated the Kansas City Chiefs for the majority of the game. And then Kansas City was Kansas City, and they almost won in the AFC Championship game in 2018, and almost went to the Super Bowl. Amari Cooper, I don't even need to explain that. Stephon Diggs did not have a thousand-yard season that season. 
but he's still one of the best wide receivers in the league. And the same thing goes with Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen, I think, has the most consecutive 100-yard games in NFL history. Both of those guys, especially Adam Thielen, is a great route runner and is incredibly reliable. And both of them have good hands. Demarius Thomas. Uh, Demarius Thomas is... Um, he had he had a fall off in the next year, and I was kind of tempted not to put him on this list because Demarius Thomas is just like he. I don't even think he's in the league anymore. But so is Des Bryant. But Demarius Thomas was um, Demarius Thomas was good his final year or one of his final years in Detroit in 2016, and I don't know. I don't know. That's kind of one of the that's one of the guys that I kind of like look at, and I'm like, hmm, I don't feel as good as I do about almost all the other ones. Doug Baldwin, I feel great on. He's Russell Wilson's get out of jail free card, or was before he retired. He was Russell. <clears throat> excuse me. He was Russell Wilson's get out of jail free card. He could run um, intermediate routes, deep routes, medium like medium. Uh, oh my God, like uh, like digs. And he could, he could do everything that you wanted him to do. He could run across the field. He could run vertical routes. He could run underneath routes. That's what I meant to say. He could run all of the routes pretty much on the route tree, and he had great hands. The only thing that kind of sucked with him was that he was short. But if he's consistent, and he could make plays once he got the ball too. I love me some freaking Doug Baldwin. Brandon Cooks. Wait, let me check on Julian Edelman. Did Julian Edelman have 1,000 yards in that 2,000? I don't know. Oh, yeah, he did. He had 1,100. He had 1,100, excuse me. But Brandon Cooks is like... He's one of my favorite and most underrated wide receivers in the league. Brandon Cooks is a vertical guy, a guy who can stretch the field. While also being a, like, he's, he's kind of reminiscent of Doug Baldwin in the sense of he can do everything, but he is incredibly short. He can run incredibly fast, but, um, he, he's short. <laughs> he can't, he can't, like the only throw that he can't, uh, that he can't catch is like the back shoulder fade. And even then he, like, you don't want to throw a short guy a back shoulder fade is what I'm trying to say. <clears throat> and then you get to Julian Edelman. Julian Edelman, to me, is a Hall of Famer. Oop. Sorry. He's a Hall of Famer, but everybody underestimates him. Everybody talks shit about him. Everybody is like, well, you know, he plays for the Patriots. Julian, Julian Edelman has won, I think, three Super Bowls as a wide receiver. I don't know if that's any type of record, but I would assume that it's uh, pretty close to being one. Won three Super Bowls has the second most playoff catches in NFL history. If you want to know the relevance to that, like why it's important to name that, uh, the only other, the the guys that he's sandwiched in between for the most playoff catches in NFL history is Michael Irvin, who has the third most, and Jerry Rice, who has the most. Hold on, I got a burp. Excuse me. So, Julian Edelman is, is a Hall of Famer. Don't even need to mention that. And he's a Super Bowl MVP. I don't, I, don't, I don't care what you think about Julian Edelman. 
he's one of the best wide receivers in the league, or he has been for the past 10 years, and everybody has given him shit. I remember the fucking players last year voted him, the Super Bowl fucking MVP, as the 90th player on the 100 list, and I was like, this is why you guys are a bunch of losers. This is why a lot of the players lose a bunch of games, because you guys think that Julian Edelman is the 90th player in the league, and he was a Super Bowl MVP last year. I'm done with most of you guys. Anyways, Adam Thielen, I already talked about him, but how many wide receivers do you think had less than 1,000 yards in 2016, the guys that I mentioned? Only three. It was a young Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen and a young Tyreek Hill. All of the established guys, they all had 1,000 yards, but 24, 24, Des Bryant... He had a, you admit, you admitted it himself, yourself, Des, Dak was underdeveloped as a quarterback. Yes, but do you want to know who also was underdeveloped as a quarterback? Deshaun Watson. Did DeAndre Hopkins have any trouble catching passes from from Deshaun Watson? No, he did not. He's a rookie. Did Deshaun, not Deshaun, DeAndre Hopkins have any problems catching any passes from any of the countless Houston Texans? Quarterbacks that are so god awful. I can't even Matt Schwab, Brock Osweiler, and a, and, a, and and just a whole bunch of just. I I don't even I don't even know how to how to detail how bad the Texans were at quarterback until Watson came to town, and DeAndre Hopkins. How many thousand yard, like seasons has he had? Let me check. Let me check it out. I think a better <laughs> I think a better way to talk about DeAndre Hopkins is to say how many thousand yard wide not wide receivers, excuse me, thousand yard years that he didn't have. And it's only two in uh in like how many years? Seven years. And then like some of his years are um are like 1,200, his 1,000-yard seasons, excuse me, are like 1,200, 1,500, 1,500, 1,100. Touchdowns in 1,000-yard seasons, 6, 11, 13, 11, 7. Like, I I don't know what to tell you, man, because a lot of people are going to be like, you know what, like this guy, Dak, and Dez, Dez can still play and blah, 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 blah. I think Dak, not Dak, Dez can be a great second or third option. I don't think he can play at the level that he once was. And for anyone who keeps on saying that he has elite-level athleticism, he's 30. Nobody has elite-level athleticism at 30. Everyone falls off, especially when you, have, when you use your athleticism constantly. When you're like, I'm just going to go up for 50-50 balls. It's like it takes a toll on your body. It's not that simple. I think that's the issue with Dez. It's like he has not... And Chris Carter and Michael Irvin, they all talked about it. They were like, listen, man, Larry Fitzgerald did it the right way. He was a outside-the-numbers kind of guy, a vertical guy, and he transitioned inside the slot. And guess what? He's playing at almost 40 years old. I think he is 40 years old. That's why he's had such a long and illustrious career. Because he can, can, he can play pretty much until he's 40 because he runs routes on the inside. Des Bryant does not, as I turn back on my fan. And that's the issue with Des, is that he doesn't know how to run routes. 
let me turn off. Let me turn off like my hum my dehumidifier. Ugh, hold on. Oh wait, it's already off. else do I have to mention? Oh yeah, let's talk about tight ends and running backs. Oh yeah, we're, we're, we're getting into tight ends and running backs who are better than Des Bryant. So, if you ask me, hey 24, how many other players besides wide receivers would you take over Des Bryant? Here's some more. So, just a quick preference here. If I had the ability to say, hey, you guys, you tight ends, are going to do less because tight ends have, you know, the great tight ends, they have a lot more value than good wide receivers or even sometimes great wide receivers because they can they can catch, they can block, they can do a whole lot. There's a lot of versatility to being a tight end. There's a lot of value in having a good tight end and I have the best. So let's just take out, all right, their, their ability to block. Let's say they don't block anymore. They're just route running and catching passes. How many more guys would I put over Des Bryant? Well, the list may not surprise you. Greg Olson, Zach Ertz, Rob Gronkowski, and Travis Kelsey. If I said to them, hey guys, lose like 10, 20, maybe 30 pounds, get down to like 200, 210, maybe 220, and um, we're just going to have you run routes and catch footballs, and that's it. That is it. Do you want to know how big of a mismatch Gronk would be if he was faster? If he had the athleticism that comes with like losing like 10, 20 pounds and then gaining more muscle. Same thing goes with Kelsey and Ertz. We're talking dudes that can't necessarily run that fast in comparison to wide receivers, but can run fast enough where if they have space, they will run past the defense if they catch the ball in space and I mean, most of those guys that I just mentioned are physical. Would you want to get freaking, would you want to try and tackle Rob Gronkowski in open space as a DB? I think he's like 6'5", 6'6". Good luck. And most of those guys, you may be asking me, are they better route runners? Are they better pass catchers than Dez? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, would I put Rob Gronkowski over Julio Jones? No. Or Antonio Brown? No. Or DeAndre Hopkins? No. But would I put him top 10, top 15? Yeah. Yeah. Keep in mind, this is 2016. And Rob Gronkowski was hurt, by the way, during that season. He was hurt. And um, he he didn't have 1,000 yards. Neither did um, Zach Hurts. Travis Kelsey did, Greg Olson did. As tight ends, by the way. But then there's running backs as well. There's Le'Veon Bell. There's Todd Gurley. You may be asking me, well, what do they have to do with this? Well, Le'Veon Bell and Todd Gurley, I feel like if you said to them, hey, we're going to stop having you run the football and you're just going to line up as a wide receiver, I think they would do pretty good, damn good. 
And I thought this like two two years ago. I was like, man, like there's so many better players that are better than Dez at this point. I think I would have put in Juju Smith-Schuster, but now it's like now seeing the injuries, now kind of seeing like some issues that he has. It's like I'm, I'm kind of going to hold off on pulling the trigger on that. But yeah, I would put in Le'Veon Bell and Todd Gurley over Dez Bryant if they were strictly wide receivers and not running backs. If they were just like, yeah, if they lost a couple pounds, 10-20, and they just lined up inside-outside, I would be perfectly fine with that. It's just how this shit goes sometimes. Anything else I got to talk about? Anything else? Because that's literally it. I was short. (laughs) All right. I mean, you know what? I won't waste any more of your time. I, I don't have any more to prepare for. Um, let me let me say this about Dez. Let me say this, and kind of like in closing and passing. A lot of people, they say, well, Dez did... Dez had a great career with Tony, and he didn't have a great career with Dak, right? Why is that? Well, this is just my speculation on the matter. But here's my opinion. I don't think Dez worked as much with Dak as people are letting on to be believed. I don't think that's the case at all. Now, the reason why I say that is because Dez did not look like he had the rapport that a Cole Beasley, a Jason Witten, a Bryce Butler... All those other guys had with Dak. It's just that simple. And you can't even tell me, well, Dak Prescott, you know, Dak, he's not very good. He doesn't work. He didn't work with Dez, right? He didn't work with Dez. Tony and Dez, they worked on, out on the same route after practice and stuff like that. Dak just didn't work with Dez, right? I don't think that's the case. I don't think that's the case. Here's the reason why. It is a known, known fact in Dallas that Dak works with receivers before, after practice. He works with receivers in the offseason as evident by the countless amounts of examples of Dak going to California, staying in Dallas, going to different areas of the country to train with different dudes. He trains with different wide receivers. I have no idea why he didn't train with C.D. Lamb, probably because the media came down on him after he was seen, ironically enough, working out with Des Bryant and Cedric Wilson and a bunch of other receivers and stuff like that. And the media was like, ah, that's wrong. And then uh, Stephen Jones apparently had to come down and say, well, you can't do that anymore, right? So now, Dak either worked with Lamb and he didn't post it or Dak didn't work with Lamb because uh, he was told not to. Regardless, Dak works with his receivers when he can. 
It's one of the things that I love about him. It is a known fact that Tony Romo, in the offseason especially, would go play soccer, would go play golf, would go play basketball. That's why he's so damn good at golf today, because he spent a lot of his offseason working on his golf stroke. Just, just the reality of the situation. I don't think Tony worked as hard as Dez or Dak, excuse me, when he was a cowboy. And I think it's going to show up next year. But I also don't think that Dak is, is and was concerned at throwing the deep ball as much as maybe he, sh- maybe not the deep ball, but yeah, yeah, I think the deep ball as, as Dez was. I think it's a match made in, uh, in hell. Because you have a quarterback who doesn't work on the deep ball as much as he probably should. Because Dak is more concerned with being consistent and being able to make sure that he can make throws over making one specific type of throw. Because you get into the situation where if you're only throwing deep balls, you'll just lob it over the defense, take shots and things of that nature. And you can get really, you can become really, really inconsistent at times. Your completion percentage, your completions... Your ability to drive down the football field, it's just, it's, it, it diminishes when you're not able to throw intermediate routes and short routes. And Dak can, which is what he worked on. Now, the types of throws that, once again, Des requires is the deep balls. It's the the back shoulder fades. It's not the the short routes, the hot routes, the stuff like that. It's very, very specific. And the reason why I'm not calling Dez like a great wide receiver, even a good number one, is because he requires a, a specific type of throw. And for a rookie, it's not... A, not necessarily a good idea to have one receiver that can have one specific type of throw. Let me put it to you in another way. Right? As much as I like Lamar Jackson as a quarterback, he I don't I don't remember the last time he's thrown like a back shoulder fade. As much as I like Deshaun, the times that he does throw a back shoulder fade are because he underthrows DeAndre Hopkins. There's very, very few times where young quarterbacks are going to throw those specific types of throws. Even Patrick Mahomes, he kind of, whenever he makes off-play scheduled throws, it's not like he's trying to freaking, like, throw a back shoulder fade. He's trying to be on time, on target. He's not really trying to throw those types of throws. It's like it's why I wanted him to go to the Packers, Dez, the Packers, the Patriots or another team with a veteran because they have way more experience in this league and they aren't trying to develop as a pocket passer. But, you know, that's just my opinion on the matter. What else is there? Is there anything else that I can talk about? Talked about kind of a bunch of nonsense for like 
the uh, the last couple of minutes, kind of. Maybe not nonsense, but I've been kind of just rambling on, I think. At least in my opinion. Um... No, I don't think so. Wait, where's my outro? I don't know. Oh yeah, I, I guess a, a, a good segue would be to ask like the question, like what team do I think would want him? What team do I think would, would get him? Um, I don't know. Maybe the Patriots once again, but like the, Cam Newton and Des Bryant maybe... Like, you may be able to think, like, oh, Cam Newton, he throws, like, to big-bodied wide receivers, big targets, big catch radius, stuff like that. But it's like, is Dez that? Is he that? Now, of course. He was that, like, a couple of years ago. But is he that now? I'm, I don't know. Same thing goes with Green Bay. Like, both the Patriots and Green Bay, they need wide receivers. So, I... Th We'll see. We'll see. But, um... What else? What else? What else? I, I, I don't know, man. I don't know. Dez is like... In my opinion, if I had a young quarterback, I would not... Like, I wouldn't want him if I was the Bengals. But if I was the Packers, I would. I don't, I don't know where he could go. I don't know. I don't know how... I don't, I don't know... Because a lot of people, they have this philosophy on, like, game speed versus combine speed or whatever and practice and stuff like that. Like, you know, you get a guy in shoulder pads, he'll perform. Whereas if you have a dude in tights, he won't. Like, it's kind of different, difficult sometimes to tell this stuff. I, I don't know. But I think Dez... He's in a he's in a spot, man. There's no way there's no two different ways about it. He is in a spot. A bad spot. Or it's going to be hard for him to come out of it, in my opinion. Ladies and gentlemen. This has been my podcast, 24's, this has been 24's podcast, excuse me, the best video gaming and sports podcast on the entire internet. If you like this podcast, you can find this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, and Overcast. Literally, where you can find any podcast, you can find my podcast, 24's podcast. Um, I don't know. I don't know how this schedule for this video, or not even this video, but th for this, like, podcast, um, or this week's podcast is, I don't know if I released this video on Thursday or Friday, I probably did, but, um, yeah, I'll probably have something for you over the next couple of days, but again, just COVID testing for the players, just, um, routine stuff, they're not even supposed to practice, like, in pads, until August 16th because they're all out of shape and now they all got to get into shape. So, next couple weeks, pretty much expect a whole lot of nothing from me and from the NFL. But once again, I think it is confirmed we will get football starting 
September 10th with Kansas City and the Houston Texans. Ladies and gentlemen, until my next podcast, I hope you have a fantastic day, and I will see you next time. Bye-bye.